Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us over in Appleton and Stevens Point this morning. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning at Celebration Church. Again, welcome to our people over in Appleton and Stevens Point. Trust all is well with all y'all. All y'all. Um, this uh, Sunday, you guys should all have one of these cards. It says, Ask the Pastor. So uh, I'm going to be doing a, as a planning for what to talk about this summer, I thought, you know, I'm going to let you guys determine what I talk about this summer. So uh, any questions you have about faith, <laughs> faith, or related to it, I'll open it up a bit, you know, that you have for me, uh, fill it out, you can do it anonymously, because <laughs> we don't know who you are, and uh and I'll ask, answer your questions. So you kind of will determine this uh, summer uh, what I'll be talking about. So fill these in and pop these into the, any question that, you know, I, I wonder, what about this? What happens when that happens? Whatever, whatever your deal is, any question that you have, uh, send that in. Uh, quick, uh, today's Missions Sunday, and uh, we want to give an update for our Missions Outreach missions, for those of you who don't know what that is, is we have our normal giving, and then one Sunday a month, we just take a second special offering just above and beyond, extra giving that you can give to bless people who maybe have no other way of getting help. Uh, we have orphanages that we support. We uh, drill wells in poor countries and provide fresh drinking water for them. We have all kinds of different outreaches. We have a uh, home mission outreach. One of our home missions outreach is uh, uh, we help support uh, Jimmy Bratcher. Um, most of you know who Jimmy is. He comes and speaks a couple of times a year here at Celebration Church. Great personal friend of mine. Wonderful man. Him and his wife, Sherry, have been serving God for a long time in places that most of us <laughs> would not dare tread. And, uh, and it's great. Actually, I'm going to be with Jimmy uh, flying over this Thursday. And uh, and going to be doing some, a, uh, some outreaches in federal prisons. Uh, so you want to pray for us going into places that these are some pretty hardcore guys. But uh, Jimmy's been doing this for years. He has the respect of these men and these uh, facilities allow him to come in when they want to allow a lot of people to come in. And he performs and ministers to them. I'm going to be playing along with the band. We're going to start off Thursday night. We're going to play at a biker bar. <laughs> that should be fun. All right. Uh, and, then, uh, and then doing these uh, prisons and stuff. So it's a way for you to partake in that. Say, Man, I wish I could go. I couldn't get away to go or something like that. The Bible teaches us that when you support specific efforts, you take credit in that effort in eternity. 
The blessings of that will fall on you. I'll be out there doing this, going into these places, ministering to these men. You help support this stuff financially. These blessings come back to you. You want to be a part of this? You know, give in the special offering at the end at your various campuses. And uh, because, you know, it costs Jimmy a lot of money because these are not paid gigs and they're not paying them to do this. So he's got to come up with the money on his own. And we like to support those efforts. So if you can help us. Actually, Jimmy, as you know, every year goes to Sturgis, this big motorcycle rally. And I've been with him a couple of years. He's been doing this for many years. He started out just playing in these, you know, little tiny spots in the middle, you know, downtown or whatever. Uh, and uh, as, as guys are driving by on their bikes and ministering to them and sharing and playing his music and giving out free CDs as a witness to them. Uh, he has been working for some time trying to go to like the big venues, you know, uh, where they have the big stages and stuff like that. So a few years ago, he finally got onto, it's uh, a medium-sized stage. They call it the Jägermeister stage. Because <laughs> Jägermeister uh, supports it. It's a cool stage. I love doing that gig with him because it's this really cool sound and stuff like that. But there's only a few hundred people that are exposed to that. The big Yo Mama stage that has the top A-list performers and thousands of people are for that. He's been trying to get on that stage all over these many years. And he asks every year, and he goes, yeah, 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 well, well, yeah. They're getting more and more comfortable, more and more comfortable. He's just patiently just loving them. So finally this year, they've okayed him to play at the big Yo Mama stage in front of this huge group of people. And uh, yours truly, will, we'd be with him. I want to be on the big stage. Woo-hoo. We are opening for Willie Nelson. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> Somebody say you're going to get on his bus? No, I probably won't be able to walk off. But anyway, <laughs> that'd be cool. See if I can get a, get a selfie with Willie. Pretty cool. So very exciting. You know, you take part in that stuff when you help us to be able to do these kinds of things. Let's take a look at our update dates uh, with our Go Beyond campaign. Uh, we're almost there. Look at that. We're just shy of the 1.2 that we we're trying to raise. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Continue to help us. And of great encouragement is the missions giving. It is up dramatically over last year. Look at that. I mean, so it's really rather stunning. Praise God for that. As you step up and get involved in that, we just want to bless people and touch as many lives as we possibly can. Today, I kind of want to wrap up a series of messages I've been doing about marriage and stuff like that. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about singles. Uh, You know, I always enjoy (laughs) talking about singles. But, you know, it's so funny. Right after I got that, one guy comes up to me and says, you know, out there, and he says, Pastor, there's no single women in this church. And I'm like, what? As soon as he walks away, a lady comes up to me, there's no single men in this church. I'm like, where's that guy that was just here? You know what I'm saying? But I got to tell you, a lot of the single people, they come to this church, but you guys stay very much on the fringe, and you're not involved in ministry. You don't volunteer for things. You don't come to any other special things. People don't know you. We can't connect you with people if we don't know who you are. So, well, I'm waiting for the Lord to do it. Yeah, well, you keep waiting because you'll be waiting a long time. You need to, I know people don't like that. People have got this whole over-spiritualized nonsense that the church has been promoting for years. It's just biblically unsound. And that God's going to do it all for you, yeah? And usually people who believe that are single people. Isn't that interesting? Someone getting mad at me, you know, hey, hey, hey. You know, it's like, you know, I want a paycheck, but I don't want to work. No, 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 no. You got to work. 
I want a job, but I don't want to go look for a job. I want God to give me a job. You need to go look for the job. You need to make some effort, okay? You want to find somebody? You got to find. The Bible talks about finding and being found. We cannot connect you or we won't connect with you if we don't know you. You could be a complete psycho. I'm going to hook you up with somebody in our church. I don't know who you are, for heaven's sakes. You want us to connect you? You got to do it on purpose. Get involved. Get involved in the life of church. We get to meet you there. We can start pointing you places. You can't just visit here on occasion and say, oh, pastor, I wish you had a way to find some singles. They're here. You just got to get involved and get connected. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. So today I want to wrap this up with uh, a question I've had from many people, uh, mostly the women, <laughs> on what is the biblical role of the husband? The men don't ask this question, you know, <laughs> but what is the biblical role? Of them. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Now, our text is Ephesians, the letter that Paul, the apostle, wrote to the Ephesians, and he writes this little segment. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body for which he is Savior. Now, there's been a lot of inaccurate teaching concerning this idea of the husband being the head of the wife. One of the best ways I can make clear what it is is by first discussing what it is clearly not. Now, the first thing this is not is it doesn't mean the man is the overseer of the plantation. It's a massive, whatever you want, massive. That's not the role of the man to be the boss, bossing everybody around. Now, most of you listening to me get that. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because people coming to the church, it's new to them. They haven't been a part of faith very long. Or people on, hello, people on television and stuff who watch us and they don't really get this stuff. And, you know, they hear from our secular world, they hear this thing all crazy when feminists hear this thing. They go nuts, you know, because oh, this Bible means men get to abuse women. That's not what he's talking about. See, they don't understand biblical talk, and you can't smack them for it. I mean, they don't get it, you know. If you're not part, every group of people in the world has its phrases and stuff, you know. And and language has different meanings for different groups. I remember when I was growing up, and and we were starting to use the word cool, and you talk to an adult about how cool it was. They thought it was the temperature. They didn't understand. You know, I mean, because words mean different things. I had the same problem when Michael Jackson came along, and bad meant really, really good. And that was confusing to me, okay? So the same thing with secular people. When they hear the church talk about a man as a head, they think it's an abusive thing. What they don't understand, in Bible talk, when it says you are... Okay. <laughs> I have the power. I don't know. The head. <laughs> Why is it doing this? It's possessed. Demons. Give me yours. <laughs> da 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 da. Hello, hello, hello. All right, you get the lousy one. Because I'm the head. No, no, that's not what it means. <laughs> That's not what it means. It means when you're the head, you're at the bottom. In Bible talk, that's what it means. Jesus said what? If the first will be last. That's the way it works. Jesus is the head of the church. What does it mean? Look at what Jesus did. He comes. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He comes to serve man. He comes into the world. How does he do it? He comes and he's born in a barn. Right? He didn't come as a rich kid. He could have come just loaded. He comes as humbly as he possibly could because to be at the head means you are at the bottom. Comes in and he serves. 
He helps people. He ministers to people, which that's what minister to. I say, what does that mean to minister to someone? It means you help them. You're helping them. You're ministering to them. He humbles himself. He gets on his feet, the creator of heaven and earth, washing the feet of his disciples. What's up with that? He's trying to teach them. When you are at the head, that means you're at the bottom of the list. All right? It means you serve. He gives his life a ransom for all. This is what the Bible means when it says someone's the head. When secular people understand that, oh, I get it. They're not so anymore, all right? So when it says the husband is the head of the wife, doesn't mean that he's this guy who just sits around, hey, woman, bring me another beer, all right? That's not what it's talking about. It means he should be serving, ministering to, sacrificing for. That's what the head means. I promise you, the people who are various heads in departments in the church, in the ministries of the church, these are the people who work the hardest, they're the ones, the responsibility falls on them. They have to put in a lot of energy. That's you, you, want us, you want to get demoted? Just volunteer to be a head for something around here. All right? That's what it means. All right? Now, most Christians who understand Bible speak know what I'm talking about. So that wasn't for you. That was for people who are kind of new and people watch on TV who freak out. And, oh, man's in charge. That, that's not what it says. He's responsible to do these things of helping, ministering, and serving I don't think too many women would have a problem with a man who serves, ministers to, and sacrifices for her. And all the ladies said, amen. amen. All right? That's what it means. Doesn't mean you're going to boss everybody around. All right. So most people get that in the church. All right. What people don't get is a lot of people in the church have been taught by other people that are Christians in ways that are unbiblical, or they just exaggerate this portion of Scripture, and they make things worse. They try to help, but they're making things worse. Let me explain to you what this verse doesn't mean. Number one, it doesn't mean that the man is supposed to be the spiritual leader of his home. Now, you ask 99 or 100, 100 evangelical Christians, is the man supposed to be the spiritual leader of the home? 99 of are going to say, well, yeah, truly. That's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that. Let's say, who's more spiritual? You can't control who's more spiritual for heaven's sakes. That phrase isn't even found in the Bible. Shocking to a lot of Christians because they listen to all these people on radio and Christian TV and stuff. Man, you're supposed to be the spiritual leader and lead spiritually. The, the Bible does not say that. It doesn't. And then women get mad because their husbands are not as spiritual as they're supposed to be. And the woman starts yelling at her husband, how come I'm more spiritual? You're not supposed to, I'm supposed to be more spiritual. You're not supposed to be more spiritual than me, and I gotta be the most spiritual person. That's crazy talk. Listen, the minute a person starts arguing that they're more spiritual than someone else, they're not spiritual. All right? It's like arguing about who's more humble. I'm more humble than you. You're supposed to be more humble than I gotta be the most humble person around here. I'm gonna be on the front of Humble Magazine this week. It's all about me. Well, you're a little crazy. You don't understand the idea of humble. Spiritual people do not going around measuring themselves to other people and pointing out the differences. That's why they are spiritual. It's an attitude of humility. This thing going around, my husband doesn't do this much. You didn't pray, I pray more than him. Well, what do you think can do for you? All right? Let me turn around hammering him over the head because you got this idea because you listen to somebody on a radio. That's not what the Bible says. It's just he's the head. He's responsible. Minister serves. Who is or is not more spiritual is an absurd concept. How about you just serve God? And by the way, when you read the Bible, it's not so you can point out what somebody else is supposed to do. Amen? Amen? 
Here's an idea. When you read the Bible, mind your own stinking business. You were to go, oh, you know, that guy over there needs to hear it. No, stop. Oh, look, my husband should be doing. Stop. Mind your own stinking business. Keep reading. It'll get around to you eventually. <laughs> People, goodness gracious. Does not say a man's supposed to be no spiritual in the home. It's an absurd concept. And it doesn't mean that a man is supposed to handle all the important things in the home. A real man of God, a manly, godly man. Should handle all the important, like the finances. A man, a pastor, my husband doesn't handle finances. A man, should, he should handle the finances in the home. It doesn't say that. Let me give you some advice. If you're good with money and your husband can't add, maybe you should handle the finances. I'm just saying. The Bible doesn't say that. Well, pass on it. My, my husband's just kind of useless. You know, he's supposed to be a man. He's supposed to fix everything in the house. He didn't say that. Now, most men are good at fixing things. God bless you all. Then there are women who marry men like me. <laughs> who are virtually useless. Okay? I am, however, good with a phone. Yeah, can you come over and fix this thing, man? My wife's yelling at me. I, I, you know, that's about as good as I am. I'm sure it's frustrating to my lovely wife. You pick me, man. All right. I'm around. One time we're in a house, and this big yo mama tree falls in the backyard. Just, yeah. So, man, what am I going to do with this tree? She said, well, get a chainsaw and cut it up. Now, in my defense, I'll stand over here getting further away from her. Do I look like a chainsaw kind of guy to you? Cut off my leg, for heaven's sakes. Wow! Just this, anyway. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a chainsaw kind of guy. Just, you know, if your husband's good at fixing things, stop. If you're better, sometimes the truth is she's better at fixing things than I am. I'm good at something somewhere, but uh, anyway. But getting mad about that, that's ridiculous. Don't get mad about it. Stop. Some of you get so upset about stuff, you know. Here's, all, here's one that really fries my Puerto Rican pancakes. I don't even know what that means. It says, a man is supposed to meet all the emotional needs of his wife. Praise God. Now, here's the problem. I mean, it, it, creates prop, it creates unrealistic expectations. And then you get miserable. Here's, here's a good quote for you. Expectation is the author of dissatisfaction. Let me say that again. Remember this. If nothing else, write this down. Expectation is the author of dissatisfaction. Come here, Bob. Kirsty, come here. Goodbye, my beautiful daughter-in-law. Come up here, okay. Ooh, nice shoes. I like shoes. Sorry. So, okay. Now we have Bob and we have Kirsty. All right. Now, Bob and Kirsty are going to buy a new car. All right. They're going to get something like a Kia. Okay. Terribly fancy, but it's just it's a it's a car. It gets you from point A to point B. 
all right? Now, Kirsty's expectations is the car will get her from point A to point B and have reasonable gas mileage and easy to handle, and, and that doesn't really expect a whole lot. Bob expects the Kia to be a major chick magnet. Right? <laughs> Kia, baby, all the way, Kia, right? right? And, and he's been reading stuff and listening, listening to car radio, you know, and he's got the idea that, oh, this car's going to be awesome. And it has such gas mileage, man, he'll probably only have to put gas in it maybe once, twice a year. <laughs> you know, and, and he'll never have to change the oil. I mean, this is his expectations. Same car. Now, six months later, who do you think is going to be miserable? Bob. First of all, there ain't a chick on the earth who cares about a Kia. All right? Kirsty, a reasonable human being, it just drives the car. Doesn't have, you know, he's mad. He's mad because he has to keep putting gas in the thing. And he calls Pastor. Pastor. I got this car. I got to keep putting gas. What's wrong with it? Bob, you need to check your medication. All right? So, anyway, all right, give my hand. You can sit down. That's all you do. I promise you, I know that some of you ladies don't like this. Some of the most miserable people in the world, women, most miserable women in the world, married miserable women. Married miserable women. MMWs. Are the ones with the highest expectations. They are the highest. They have heard so much. And I'm telling you, the church, to a large degree, is responsible for this nonsense. Y'all need to dial it back. A man's supposed to meet all the, oh, what a bunch of nonsense. I was being interviewed once on a big national family radio program. The pastor, don't you think a, a man's supposed to meet all the emotional needs of his wife? I said, no. She went, what? I mean, this is, this is the world they live in. They actually think this insanity. Well, no wonder these white women are so miserable. They stick a straw in the guy's brain and get, <laughs> trying to get all their needs met. It's impossible. I go to another website, guy says, well, this scripture means highly respected man. He's just wrong. This scripture means that a man is supposed to meet all the needs of his wife so she can become the woman God intends for her to be. I was just furious. I realized, this is horse manure. Actually, I didn't say manure. I'm not encouraging potty mouse. I'm confessing my sin. I listen to this stuff and it makes me crazy. Who are these people? At, a, at the minimum, they are just repeating all the other stuff they've heard before. And you keep saying the wrong thing over and over and everybody takes it as fact. That's at the best. At worst, they're pandering. And I hope it's not that. And the reason why people, like in my, you know, besides being a pastor, I'm a marriage speaker and stuff all over the kingdom come. And, you know, the reality is, you know who buys all our books? Women. These guys all know, and I think sometimes they have a bit, it looks to me like they're pandering. It's all so slanted. It doesn't take long to listen to this stuff, and it's all from a female perspective. And I, I really challenge this. These guys, I think they're on the border. Some of, some of them may be blatantly pandering to their customers. It doesn't help people. You know, thank God the women buy the books. You know, guys don't buy anything. <laughs> For up to men to buy my books, I'd have a lot smaller boat, I'll tell you that. <laughs> floating in my tub with me. That's about it. The women buy the stuff, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Buy as much as you can of mine. 
All right, so, but this nonsense, I mean, it's just, and, they, and what happens is they create, create these unrealist expectations, and now she's miserable because she actually believes this, because these are good people, and good, they must be, right? They're reading from the Bible, but they're, they're just taking out of context. It doesn't say any of that stuff. They're adding all that stuff, creating these expectations and making people miserable. Again, expectation, the author of disappointment. There are churches, this is common in church, not in our church because I would never allow this. But the ladies who work with the young teenage girls and stuff, here's one of the exercises they do. They get the girls together and they get pieces of paper and that's now we want you to write down your expectations for your ideal husband. And they write page after page after page. What kind of car they drive, probably not a Kia, okay? Uh, you know, color of hair, or that they have a mustache, their eyes. I mean, they have page after page after page, and then they get married, and they're miserable. Because their expectations are way... Well, first of all, they're either miserable or single. Right? It's actually way... Stop! We don't do that with our girls. Goodness gracious, you think a man is going to be the center of your world? You are delusional. First of all, God's supposed to be the center of your world. Somebody say amen. amen. Trying to make a man Jesus in your life, that's just nonsense. Marriage is about just doing life together. The Bible says two are better than one. It's just that simple. You think all this completeness, you complete me, is a bunch of nonsense. Jesus is who completes you. Somebody say amen. amen. Lower these expectations. And we don't do that with boys. First of all, it wouldn't be a very long list. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Boys, write out your list of the ideal girl. Number one, boobs. Number two, I think that's it. We're wrapped. That's a good. We're done. Good grief. But pastor, it says he's the head of the home. Yes, just like Christ is the head of the church. Doesn't mean he's supposed to do everything. Let me ask you a question. In all your campuses this morning, who cleaned and prepared the building for today? Jesus or the facilities people? The people who rehearsed and got the music ready so they could come and minister. Who did all the singing and playing this morning? Jesus or the singers? Who's watching the kids and helping the kids today so you can focus for 10 minutes? Jesus or these volunteers? Now, granted, he inspires, he leads, he guides, he empowers. That's the right picture. But no one's like, well, Jesus, head of church, how come he ain't leading the children? Just throw him in a room, Jesus will show up. <laughs> we got faith, praise God. <laughs> this idea that he's supposed to do everything is absurd. Well, Pastor, I haven't do anything. Well, okay, that's a problem. You know, you shouldn't have to do everything. But in all fairness, number one, does everything have to be done? I love you girls, but some of y'all need to just relax. Everybody say relax. Relax, relax. You're so tense, stressed out. It's killing you. It's a medical fact. Stress will kill you. Women have a lot of stress. Ironically, their greatest source of stress is the man she married. 
But it's a lot of stress, and it'll kill. Women have so many health problems. The bulk of them, way more health problems than men do. The bulk of it from stress. Ironically, you live longer. What is that about? One person came to me and said, Pastor, I know why men die earlier. Why is that? That they want to. You know, I, <laughs> oh, Lord, take me now. <laughs> oh, Lord, I got to go sometime. Let's speed this up. Chop, chop. Just relax, okay? I know you got a lot of stuff, but everything doesn't always have to be done, and it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Just, you're going to stress yourself to no end. And some of you, your kids are involved in 47 different activities every week. Really stop. And we were growing up, we didn't have 47 activities. We were lucky we had the Boy Scouts. What'd your parents do? Tell, Shut up, go outside, play, leave me alone, you know? My mother wasn't being a taxi cab service to 47 different activities and sign-ups and this, that, and the other. Good grief. Relax. You're going to stress yourself to death. <laughs> I know some of you won't like this, but <laughs> I know we're not supposed to encourage drunkenness. And I'm not encouraging drunkenness. But some of y'all could use it you know, once in a while. Well, just... <laughs> Just, just to chill out, take the edge off, you know? Mommy, what's Jack Daniels? That's medicine, baby. That's mama's medicine. You know, I just, you know, y'all, just a little, you know, a little something. So I'm not saying drunkenness, just medication, all right? Just relax. And then, yeah, your husband should help, your children should help. Remember, I call them servant girls, all right? They should help you. They don't freak out if they don't help you just right, okay? For your husband to clean and then you yell at him because you don't like the way he cleans is a problem. Your husband to do the laundry, but you hate the way he folds the towels is a problem. Why do you care? He rolls it in a ball, so what? <laughs> well, I don't like it. Relax. <laughs> All right, just, just seriously, just you're gonna kill yourself. Your husband does the cookie. You don't like the way he cooks. You criticize the way he cooks. What do you expect? <laughs> okay, I got, I got one cooking story. In all fairness to the redhead, this is the only time in 43 years. So it's just, we don't have a problem with this area, but just one time. I come home late, and I'm hungry. I say, hey, baby. She says, hey, how you doing? I says, can you make me something to eat? She says, make it yourself. I said, come on, come on. <laughs> You're a pretty lady. Make me substitute. God, I don't want to do it. You're a big boy. Do it yourself. <sighs> oh, I can make two things, toast and eggs. And I said, I'll make some eggs. So <laughs> I pull the pan out, the eggs. I start cooking three seconds. She's over my shoulder going, well, don't use that pan. <laughs> don't turn the heat up so hard. Then you do it. It's the only time, though. She's... But some of you, it's not the only time. Every time he does something, you're telling him how he's doing it wrong. Stop! Well, I'd rather do it myself. Then quit whining about doing it yourself! <laughs> Sheesh. And, and I, here's a scenario I don't understand. Woman A marries man B. A goes crazy because B doesn't do everything the way she wants to do it. 
And then A says, I have to do everything myself. And then A divorces B, and guess what? Now she gets to do everything herself. <laughs> now with not as much money. What was the win here? Then she comes to C, which is me. It says, Pastor, can you help me find another B? There aren't any more Bs. There's some Ds and Fs out there, you know. I can, <laughs> I can help you with that. Mostly Fs, but you know, you gotta. How about, how about you just work it out with B? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get yelled at, man. I just I can hear I can hear it coming. All right, you're gonna before you yell at me, you know. It's, all right, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why you people come here. All right. Well, then, Pastor, who's supposed to do what? Well, that's, you just work it out. You know, who's usually, who's ever better at it just does it, you know? Or even if the other person's not, if you can't do it, let them do it. Let them do it their way. And you wrestle it out, sometimes very loudly. Sometimes you just hit a wall and you can't work it out. That's when you call the pastor. Can you help us? We're driving each other crazy. That's fine. That's like 80% of everybody. Okay, everybody runs into these walls. When you get there, just call for some help. Or if not the pastor, some friends, somebody. Somebody will have a different perspective than you do. Don't try to do everything just you and him. You're going to drive each other really crazy. All right? So anyway, I should have called the sermon relax. Just everybody just relax. What the Bible does not say is that he has to do everything. What it means is he's supposed to inspire the home, protect the home, encourage the home, enable the home, empower the home. He's supposed to love those people and make them feel secure. That's what it means when you're the head. You need to serve. You need to serve. That's, that's, what, that's, that's, that's what you do. How good he is in any one area or not is not a point. Whoever's more spiritual than the other person is not the point. He's not supposed to meet every need of your heart. That's absurd. That is not what it's talking about. It's talking about responsibility. He's, it's on him. He's at the bottom now. He needs to serve and protect his family. The rest of it, just work it out. And everybody just relax. And the next time you hear some preacher tell you that a man's supposed to be more spiritual than you, just shut it off, okay? Quit listening to the stuff that's just going to make you crazy. Always remember, expectation is the author of disappointment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness and your grace. And Lord, help us, Lord, to uh, relax. <laughs> And just, you know, slow down. Life is not perfect. You know, it is what it is. And help us, Lord, not to get expectations that are all out of whack and crazy and stuff. Help us to simplify, really, just to simplify our expectations in this wonderful, stressful, crazy thing called marriage. Help us just to do life together until at last one shall lay the other into the arms of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Have a great day. See you.